to the Faith Therapy Podcast, and I'm your host, Marilyn Shaw. I'm having intimate conversations with therapists, faith leaders, and wellness influencers with one goal in mind, to bridge the gap between faith and mental wellness. As a best-selling author and soon-to-be therapist, I'm passionate about providing practical tools to renew your mind, restore your faith, and redefine your life. The information shared in today's episode is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed counselor. If you need one, visit MyFaithTherapy.com. That's MyFaithTherapy.com. Hey, it's your girl, Marilyn Shaw, and today's episode, we are going to be diving in, talking about grief. That's something that, you know, I've been very vocal about lately, and I'll be completely honest, being transparent about grief is very challenging, especially as someone that's actually walking through it and have never experienced it the way that I am at this moment. But I find it interesting that Faith Therapy, this platform, this podcast, not only gives me a chance to help bridge the gap between faith and mental health, but to talk about topics that are very relevant to those of you that are listening or someone that you may know. You know, grief will happen to all of us at some point in our life, which is why I went ahead and asked our special guest today to join us. Shun Arise, which is um, her platform, is a medical professional who is using her platform to talk about loss. She talks about it from the perspective of infertility as well as losing a spouse. Her story is one that will have you in tears, but by the end, you will have an immense amount of hope to persevere. She uses her story as an opportunity to empower so many people to take the lessons that we learn through loss and grief and allow it to be the new story for our life. And I came across her story while scrolling one night my mind was running and I believe the Lord led me to her TED talk where she was talking about the lessons that she's learned from grief and how it has helped her through not only just the mental health component but as well as her faith journey. I want to encourage so many of you all to take this opportunity to listen to our conversation as she shares her wisdom about how to navigate navigate the journey of grief and loss. Let's get into today's conversation. Shun, thank you so much for being on the Faith Therapy Podcast. I'm very excited to have you on to talk to our listeners and those that are watching on YouTube and having a conversation about grief. And for those of you that may not know, I actually came across Shun's TED Talk, and it was such a eye-opening, hopeful, inspiring conversation around a topic that can really be very challenging to really talk about. But your personal journey, your story, we'll get into all of that. It really brought, for me personally, a lot of um, hope. Sometimes when you think about the conversation around grief, it can be very debilitating and um, isolating at times, but listening to your TED Talk really helped me. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you for sharing your story. 
Thank you so much, Marilyn, for having me on. It's absolutely a privilege and, and an honor, my pleasure to be here. So thank you so much again. You're welcome. So I want to start our conversation just for you to share, you know, when did faith and mental health come together for you? So faith and mental health came together for me as part of my journey to motherhood. So I, after I got married, right, everyone has that set time, that ideal time that they were ready, that they would like to have, start having a family. And for me, that was um, really after the first year of marriage. So the first year, nothing was really happening. And then getting into the second year and nothing still was happening. Then it started then, but it really didn't sink in until after. Uh, so we had like um, miscarriages and such, but it wasn't until after we had IVF and then had our first loss, like first failed pregnancy. At that time it was you know, there was a chemical pregnancy in a sense, but then it just didn't progress. And that was the first time I really felt depressed. And as a, as a care provider, as a physician assistant, um, you know, you, you know how to take care of these patients. But to be on the other side of that, to me, was striking. And that was that was the first time I, I delved into that. That's where that those two um, areas intersected for me. What was that like for you experiencing loss, especially as being a practitioner and you are used to caring for your clients and your patients and being able to be there for them at those vulnerable moments. But now here it is, you're in their seat and mm -hmm. now having to experience that, um, that loss. What was it like for you? You know, Marilyn, what I will say is it's definitely different to be on the other side, definitely different. But I think what I appreciated was what my patients were going through. So I think, um, I really, Having come through all of that experience, I, I was more empathetic towards my patients. I, I know what it's like. So as a provider, especially if you've not experienced depression or any other mental health issues, you're treating things per textbook, right? Or other people's experiences, secondhand information. But at this point in time, I was in the thick of it. I, I felt, I mean, if I was counseling myself, I would be, I wouldn't be a good patient at, at some points in time. Um, so, and I would go against some of those advice, right, that I would normally have given myself or any other provider will have given me. So I definitely had more empathy towards my patients. And then I was, you know, and I um, really, what I took away from that was everyone's journey is, is personal. And so... Yeah. It's really important for me. What I, another thing I got out of that was just to listen to my patients and just help them walk that path, um, you know, to, to their healing from uh, whatever mental health um, challenges they're dealing with. What was your journey like walking through depression? Because, you know, it's easy to, as you referenced before, read it in a textbook or somebody may see a post on Instagram about, you know, this is what depression looks like. But it's another thing when it's, at your front door when it's in your lived experience on a regular basis right so the first time i it thought i had the thought that oh my gosh i'm depressed was after you know i mentioned earlier losing uh, an ivs pregnancy but it really didn't i really it got more real for me when my husband was diagnosed before he passed and so at that point in time was the first time my provider said would you like some antidepressants? And at that point, you know, just like a lot of patients, I'm not, I'm like, no, I'm not depressed. I don't need it, right? So again, being on the other side, we are humans. And so I 
was I found myself really hopeless. I mean, just all the symptoms that you will think about, right? Um, inability to difficulty sleeping or sleeping too much, um, weight gain, just losing interest in every, you know, in things that you normally enjoy doing. And that's because, you know, it, it, I was grieving, right? I was grieving uh, the, the, the illness of, of a spouse. And so I really, at that point in time, just before when he was diagnosed was when I considered myself clinically depressed. Now, the challenge at that point was what, what would I do? And, and I think at that point I listened to myself. Once my doctor was able to say, Shun, it's okay to take some antidepressants at this time. Then I was like, okay, it's okay. Right. And, and so then I, I started talking to myself. Well, what would I recommend to my patient is first thing is to, to seek counseling, and even just kind of walking through it, talking to other people through it. And even then, I'll tell you, I mean, I'll be fully transparent here, that I, I didn't do counseling <laughs> even through all that time until much later uh, when things got really, you know, after he passed. But I, I spoke, you know, I, I would talk to friends and family about, about it. I would speak to my pastor, you know, my, my friends who were like-minded and, and my provider and we just kind of talk about things. And they allowed me, or at least my provider, again, being on the other side, just really helped me to understand and reminded me that, look, this is all part of the grieving process. There's nothing wrong with you, but this is just an overwhelming experience that you are dealing with right now. So it's okay to feel that way. So it, it kind of felt good, again, kind of like seeing myself on the other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that for me. Not to, I, I could keep going, but I'll, I'll just pause right there. So tell us a little bit about your experience with losing your husband. What was that like? What was his um, journey? Right. So, you know, that was the, I talk about in my TEDx talk, I, the, the losses that I had, right? I talked about the early pregnancies, the miscarriages, the t stillbirths, and all of those were losses, painful losses, um, while trying to build a family. And I was journeying through all of that with a partner, right? So we had each other to to talk to, to kind of lean on and, and cry um, together and, you know, whatever. We went through that journey, that process together. And so I, and I go always go back to that, that day, January 30th, 2017, when it became obvious to me as a provider that, oh my gosh, he has cancer. And I was, I literally felt like I was just falling into an abyss. Like it was just, it was too much to bear. It was physical. It was an emotional, mental pain and anguish, but I felt like physical weight um, because I, I had this partner to go through all of this with. And now he's, He's dealing with this. And for me, you know, the questions that come to my mind, like, how is this fair? Like, just before our son turns one, our second child turns one, he's not even 40 yet. Like, what, you know, all of these things were going through my mind. So it was really hard. Um, I just really felt overwhelmed at that point in time. I, I remember the first thought was going back to the losses and, and, and the children, like, oh, my gosh, they're so young. And again, kind of going in the future, they're going to grow up without a dad. So it's, for me, it was... Again, like just going from one grieving, you know, you're grieving the illness, right? Right. The, you know, he's dealing with, but I'm also grieving for my children, like the future that they wouldn't, the experiences that they wouldn't, that may not have, right, with their um, father. And so it was very different. You know, people talk about losses and losses are in personal, personal losses. Um, a loss is a very personal thing, when it, whether it's the loss of a friend or a spouse or a child. 
But, you know, the loss of a child is one thing. Um, the loss of a spouse is also one thing. I'm not going to say one is more than the other, but right. um, factors go into that. But that was the biggest one for me because he was my best friend. We were married for, um, so he, he had um, the diagnosis. And then 15 months later, after all of that and treatment, he passed. But we were married for 11 years. We went through the right. thick and thin. Like we went through all of that together. We were married. After we got married, we, I did. I went to PA school. I saw we like lived life. We had plans, and just to see all of that just evaporate was really um, quite shattering for me. Really, yeah. You know, for me, when I think about grief and losing my mom at the end of 2022, I usually tell people that grief started at the diagnosis because yes. in the beginning of the process, you're like all of these thoughts start racing to you immediately of like, okay, this could end terribly, or this could be, you know, the best experience of triumph of overcoming, but you have all of these emotions and feelings, especially when you're talking about losing someone through an illness and they're walking through this journey, you're there with them as their backbone or um, caregiver, all of these other elements. But I can relate to that because, you know, when you're walking with someone that you you're used to them being strong and then being there with you and you guys are doing life together. So where now you're seeing a totally different side of them. And now you're having to be their backbone while you're having all of these other thoughts coming and rushing at you. Like, yes. okay, what will life be without them? Or what do I need to know that I didn't know before? Like all of these different components mm. that come into place when you're going through this journey and you know where was your faith during hmm. all of this okay so that question at the you know when you started speaking reminded me I, of something I, I said just recently to someone that for me the the moment he started I, the diagnosis the moment we got the diagnosis that's really when the grieving started because especially as a provider, you know, I mean, like I, I screen patients every year. I make sure I encourage my patients and refer them to get their colonoscopy and all these other things. And so and I've actually, you know, been part of a, of a diagnosis for some of these other patients that, that had cancer. So for me, it, it really was a, 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 um, a, a situation where I started grieving right at the beginning when I got I remember brewing over pathology reports and I'm like reading all because you know you were trained to identify some yeah. things and know things are bad and I'm like oh my gosh and he wouldn't understand he would say Shun why are you crying when we go to doctor's appointments he went to his um you know surgery follow-up and I'm like crying and when the you know surgeon's talking of course he's into he was um, a software engineer and not no medical background so I I was able to really converse with the with the phys um, doctors and, and the surgeons so I understood what was going on and for me I would just cry at those visits right that's when it all started and my faith I am a I'm a person of faith I'm a woman of faith and I I mean from I was the time I was little and if not for God right I, I really honestly wouldn't know what, what I would be right now I'm, so faith has always been a part of this journey my journey of life um, through having children up until even losing him and I I remember people would tell me um, Shun you were just you know you're just so strong how did you do this I'm like look it's it's really not my strength it's God's strength but you know I think just like you said when someone has a terminal illness the grieving starts before the passing for that family member or, or that loved one so I think 
I kind of started early <laughs> versus everyone else because I understood the gravity. And for me, um, you know, you mentioned someone who was my, my spouse or a spouse is someone who I leaned on when I was going through IVF and I was dealing with all those challenges. He was my cheerleader. Yeah. And now how cheer him on when I can barely try to keep a straight face, right? Because knowing how bad things are, um, it was very challenging, but I, I, we always prayed and, and we leaned on God and really um, had faith till the very end. I, I still describe it as though those, those last moments, um, just sparing of all the details, I had faith until the very end. And I would describe it as being in a quicksand, being in a quicksand, right? You're sinking, but I still thought, we could get out of it. That's how crazy it was. Now I look back and I'm like, really, Shane, what were you thinking? But that's what hope does. That's what faith yes. does, right? I, and, and I still believe in God, right? Does all of this, you know, doesn't mean I, I believe God any less or I trust him, trust him any less, but he's become closer to me. I've become close. I've gotten closer to him and leaning in on him. I may not understand. That's, that's not a story for today, but it, it's faith is still an integral part of my journey has always been and it will be and that's really what's keeping me focused keeping me centered and allowing me right to be where I'm at, I'm at right now talking to you because if I didn't have God that those experiences will have gone to waste but I'm a firm believer in you know the saying that no experience um, is wasted and and I and I've come to a point and it's you know through my journey with God and all of this you know, now coming to help people um, in whatever way I can through those, you know, those that are struggling with loss or infertility and, and grief. So faith has always been a part of my journey and it's still, it's the centerpiece. God is the centerpiece of all of this. So, um, and no matter how, you know, we view things, even as a provider, I, I there are some things that were challenging to my faith and, and vice versa, but I always held back on to God, right? That was the foundation. So, Yeah. Making the decision to finally see a therapist is a milestone in itself. But when you add the layer of being a person of faith, a believer, it can be challenging at times to find a therapist that speaks your language. That is why faith therapy is a valuable resource to you to help you find a faith-based therapist to help you walk through your journey of healing. If you're someone who is finally deciding, you know what, I want to go to therapy, but it's hard for you to find a faith-based therapist, I want you to reach out to us. We've developed great relationships with therapists across the world, and we want to be able to connect you with them. If you are looking for a therapist to help you in your journey of healing, feel free to visit our website, myfaiththerapy.com, and we look forward to helping you on your wellness journey. Let's get back into today's conversation. You know, sometimes it's so interesting that while you're walking through loss, and you're going through this journey and you feel like you're in that quicksand, you're like, how does your faith show up? It's like you're losing one but gaining another. And sometimes you don't realize that that's where your faith becomes stronger. It's just the craziest experience because you're literally walking through every single challenge, every doctor visit, every no, every grieving moment of like, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's around the corner but it's like every single step, it's like, Lord, I'm just leaning on you. I'm just needing you yes. to guide me through yes. this process. Even when it hurts, even when you're crying, even when you're confused, when you're just like, 
I don't know what to do. Having that foundation does give you the, the faith to continue, the Absolutely. faith to believe. And to some people, it seems like how, like on the outside, people asking like, how are you so strong? And how are you able to persevere through all of this? It's in those moments where not only are other people able to see the grace of God through your experience, but for you to really see his strength over Absolutely. you to Absolutely. walk through all of that. So while you were going through all of it, you know, there's one aspect of it where you have the strength to continue and to have hope, but where was your mental health during all of that? Yeah. So as you talk about, you know, faith and believing in God, resilient, resilience, what that really did for me. And I, and I think as you were saying that what it really did for me, holding on to God, regardless of how bad things were in that quicksand, regardless of the prognosis and all, whatever the doctors were saying, it really kept me focused right and it built my resilience because i held on to god so whatever was being said even though i'm a provider look i understand the science part the medical part of all of this but i was like no i'm not claiming it i'm just gonna believe in the word of god we were praying we were decreeing the word we you know we have people praying what for us and with us so really believing in god helped to build my resilience and just helped me focus regardless of what was going on but my mental health in all of this i think of course, when he passed, that was the worst of it. And, um, you know, people were around I, my family. I, I, I say, you know, I have, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with a village, a community that I really supported. So like people literally showed up from day one. But of course we know, right? Things, life happened. I mean, after some time, like the crowd didn't dwindle. I mean, I had yeah. people come in and cook food. My freezer was full of food. People came in when we were packing and moving. People were like, I'm going to come in today and pack your closet and pack, pack your study. So we have the support. And, you know, I took some time off. We kind of decided to, to stay with my parents for some time to just help us um, just kind of readjust. But when I got out of that phase and, and moved back on my own to, uh, you know, we moved to a different house with my children, and now I had to literally face all these responsibilities, right? So the help was gone. So that, that was about a year. We just kind of had that break, stayed with my parents to really support, which was great for me, for my mental health. And that was the thing. Right. Soon after, right? Soon after I had the support, my mom, my parents were amazing. They were there for me. But soon as, of course, I can't live with them forever with two kids. So we, we reestablished our, you know, our new beginning. And that's really when <laughs> it hit me. You know, they say, I, I just did, I did a, um, a webinar the other day and we were talking about the myths about loss, right? They say the first mm -hmm. year is the hardest. I don't know if I agree with that <laughs> for me and for a lot of people will say that too, but I feel like that second year, you know, going into that second year was the hardest because all the support was gone. Um, then I was figuring, I was, you know, understanding how my daughter, how my kids were dealing with this, right? Because they were affected too and right. understanding how they were process they were processing and how they were dealing that added to me right added to my burden and it was just I literally um had days when I was just like I don't I don't want to do this if not for this kids I really wouldn't care what was happening to me right now so it really when I thought I was done when I thought okay we're moved on like you know we're good all these things are in place now life is you know back to normal mm-mm that's really when um, 
the second year was where it really went in hit. I had responsibilities to handle for myself. The kids were getting older. They, they were demanding more of my time and I just couldn't do what two people used to do. Now have one person do it. That was a wake up call for me. And honestly, before that, I thought I was doing well. And so it reminds me when I'm speaking to people and I'm talking to folks who have lost a loved one, who have relatives or friends who have lost a loved one, I'm reminding them, hey, you gotta keep checking in on them. The first month is not enough. You have to go longer. You have to literally just like be their buddy. Like if you are yeah. the person, the person that calls them, um, every single day, you know, I, and I, I appreciate my sister. She has been so amazing. Um, you know, I, I would say my husband, no matter where he were, was in the world, like he traveled a lot for work and no matter where he was on the continent, we will talk at least once, maybe twice a day, right? Hello. Hi, wake me up, whatever. In London time difference. But that I, after, you know, all the dust settled, I missed that. And I was like, no one to yeah. ask me how my day like you know not that people weren't doing it but my sister stepped in she was like calling me i could literally tell you within the next 10 minutes she's going to call because she was that consistent i think that really helped me along even though i still had the other things to deal with so it's really important to look at those months and the years after right because you know the first year that person passes but then the second year there's all the anniversaries the birthdays yeah. The yeah. holidays, and I think for me, that's when around the holidays, it really hit me and I had to take some time off of work and said, you guys, I have to take a leave of absence um, to kind of manage, to, to take care of myself, uh, my mental health, essentially. So it, it's, it's been a journey and it's, you know, depression is real as a person of faith. I know sometimes we don't want to say that. Yes. But look, Eliza was depressed. Right. But we have God as, um, you know, our strength to you know to to guide us through all of that, and it doesn't mean that medications are are not needed. It's just you know being able to identify when it's time to, to you know to to see a doctor for sure, to see a provider, mental health provider, and then get the resources and and the treatment if needed um, that's appropriate for you. You know, when was the time frame for you when you decided to use medication as a resource after your husband passed away? So I didn't actually, um, I, and I, and I'll, you know, medical records, I actually didn't take any um, antidepressants. I, I realized okay. where I was and I wanted to, and I realized I still had, I had a support and I had resources. I, you know, counseling was, was available to me. So I, I tapped into all those resources and walked through it with faith, right? You know, with my faith, that that's always been there, but just having, you know, talking to a mental health provider, um, even though I myself, I treat depression and I you know, try to counsel patients, but being a patient and just taking away, just forgetting all that I know and allowing myself to be cared for as a patient was, you know, as, as a client um, speaking to a therapist was really helpful. And, and, and I sought counseling from providers, mental health providers that were Christ, of Christian faith because that is very, quite important to me. So I encourage anyone uh, of faith, if that's gonna help you feel better about seeking care, please do that. There's so many um, organizations out there that are faith-based and they have counselors that, that can um, you know, guide you through that process and not discounting your faith. Absolutely. That was one of the cornerstone reasons why faith therapy even existed, because it's the not only it's bridging the gap between faith and mental health, but also being very specific about the people that can provide resources to you 
through mm-hmm. going to counseling and then adding the other layer of having a therapist that can bring in conversations about your faith and relationship with the Lord to marry the two together. It's such a beautiful experience to walk through that it's not just clinical based where you're, they're talking about the diagnosis portion of it, but it's that and the word of God. It's also uh-huh. being able to have a strong support system that's going to care about your whole lived experience instead yes. of just from one particular view. And to know that when you were talking about the timeline of someone going through grief, you know, some people say it's the first year or in your case, two years of like going through all of those different anniversaries and stuff. It is challenging because now it's like the areas that you didn't even realize that the person played a role in your life isn't there anymore. So now it's kind of like you're walking upon um, landmines, but don't even realize it because it's like, oh, I don't have that anymore. Oh, I don't have this anymore. And then now you're kind of reliving the experiences again. And what were some of the takeaways that you received through your counseling sessions to help you kind of navigate the changes and the restructuring of your family and just the new life that you're living in now? Right. I think what what counseling did for me um, was, uh, you know, again, not that I, I discounted science or medicine, but what it did for me having a faith, um, a, a counselor who was also a believer, right? Um, that just helped me. It was kind of having hand-holding um, outside of, you know, my family and friends, my usual my usual support system. But one of the key takeaways, again, was for me was really just being open to talk about it just being open because we we say yeah we know god's gonna god's in control i'm not depressed yeah. yes i'm a believer in your words are powerful so i th- there's a place for that but just being open to talk about your feelings your emotions i think that's the single most important thing as a clinician as a provider i i value i really cherish connecting with my patients being providing the environment where they can really open up and discuss because if they're not opening up and discussing i'm not really helping them the best way i could i could have Mm -hmm. so for me it was just having that believer as a therapist allowed me to be open and just say you know i would ask questions like it's just not fair and she would say yeah but you know things i already know yeah we'll ask god one day but it was just really um, creating a safe place. I think that's, that's, it would, it allowed me to understand the importance of a safe place, um, where you feel comfortable to share, um, so that you can talk through some of those things. Some people may not need, um, like in my case, may not need medication. You may just be able to do therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and some other, um, tech, uh, techniques out there, but it's really important to be open, whether it's your clinician, your psychiatrist, your physician, your PA, your nurse practitioner, or your therapist, it's just really important. And I always tell patients, like, make sure you connect with the person. If you don't connect with the person, it doesn't matter what kind of provider it is, find another one because you're kind of shortchanging yourself. But again, right. really connect. You don't know how powerful that is or what the opportunity there is if you don't, if you don't open up. So that was the single, big, the biggest takeaway for me because you know, as a person of faith and a minister, I, I can tell you, yeah, I kind of knew all that, but it was still, it, it was a, a big deal for me. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we can, especially if you're the strong person or you're carrying leadership roles and there's expectation where people are constantly pulling on you, that vulnerability can seem so like, oh, I'm weak or I don't want people to see me in this 
role, but the reality of it is creating that safe environment through counseling and being able to, you know, release the burden of the weight that you're going through in a safe environment gives you a strength to show up in all those other areas in your life. You know, grief has a way of sneaking up at unexpected moments and being able to take those unexpected moments and actually have someone that you can talk through all of that gives you tools to now know how to navigate when other moments come up. You know, you're not just feeling like, let me suppress. I'll deal with this later. Not right now, but grief has a way of saying, you know what, I'm going to show up even when you don't think I'm going to show up, you know? So I feel like, you know, even in my situation with walking through grief now with the loss of my mom and going through grief counseling and having a platform like faith therapy, there are those moments where I'm like, oh, this vulnerability component of it. It's just like so it's disrespectful at times is the best way I can really describe it because you're just like, I want to be strong. I want to be this. I want to be all of that, you know, but the idea of, you know, having a space for you to be safe and to really process and to really heal and to know that the journey is really a marathon that, you know, I can go through six to eight weeks of counseling and then may take a break and go back, whatever that may look like for someone, but to realize that it's okay to seek help even as a leader and to know that the word of God is the word of God. There's truth from beginning to end. However, because you're your your physical body your mind your emotions and all of that is so evident during that time it's okay to question it's okay to feel like lord i feel betrayed this isn't fair like all of these emotions come up but going through counseling gives you an environment to put those feelings on trial in a sense be able to really sit through all of the things that you're going through instead of just showing up with all of this un- all of this baggage like the it, it'll still be there to a degree but yet you you now have language to it you're more in tune with okay I need a break or holidays are coming up or birthdays are coming up so now you have this you know new system put in place I want you to share with the listeners, you know, parts of your your TED talk, how you were able to really find the jewels through the seasons of grief that you've gone through to where, because sometimes you can go through all of that and it can feel like life will never be the same and it won't be the same, but it doesn't mean it won't be better. It doesn't yes. mean that there aren't things that you can take away from, from those experiences. Right. And, you know, as you say that, I think this month is um, that April is um, Worldwide Spousal Bereavement uh, Month. And it's actually five years later this month that my husband passed. Uh, And so for me, it's one of the things I will say, you know, is learning to be kind to myself. Um, I think as as a provider, a a, a physician assistant, as a minister, uh, as a leader, I had all these roles, all these responsibilities, and people looked up to me. Um, and sometimes, I, I, you know, I, I, could, I felt that sometimes, like, okay, I have to be strong for everybody. But I came to a quick realization that, you know what, 
I can't be strong for everybody. Everyone's dealing, everyone's grieving, however they're right. grieving, but I can't be. So I, I learned to be kind to myself. And, and um, so I would take breaks when I needed to. I would say, you know, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. But one of the other things I think is so important in this journey is to have people, I think, support. And studies have shown that those who, are, who have others around them that they can talk to, um, that, to support them emotionally, um, people particularly, we talk about faith, people um, who have a faith community, who have pastors and you know, leaders that they can go to for counseling, they tend to do better um, as far as you know, uh, with, with mental illness and other other issues. So it's really important to have friends who can be like, Shun, um, like my friends who say, um, how are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. There are days where honestly, I don't want to talk to anyone and they would, they can detect that sometimes, but right. they'll be like, I really know. I want to know how are you doing? Um, and that's for me, that was a gift having those people around me that could ask me that because there are days where I'm processing and I'm like, I don't want to be a burden to someone. I need to talk to someone right now, but I don't want to be a burden. There's so much. It's such a complex um, <laughs> thing. Grief and is. the process, things you learn. I'm still learning um, how, especially spousal loss, changes your identity as, an, as a person. Not, but as your, that, that's a different story. It changes relationships, friendships, and all of that change. And I'm learning yeah. that in the process. But I would say that, you know, with, with the, in this journey, I think it's important to, um, to make sure that, and for me, you know, how God played a role in this and into what I'm doing now, I really, after he, you know, the dust settled, I said, okay, God, I, I need to get it. I need to understand because before I went in this marriage, I asked you and you told me to go. And this is contrary to what the things that you had, you know, you had spoken to us and we had plans and right. we... How do we go seven years trying to have kids against all odds, right? Against me losing my life. And we finally have it. And then he can't even enjoy it. For me, it was very complex. I literally take, took time out. And for anyone, you know, we're all people of faith here. I, I was like, God, okay, I need some answers. So I took some time out and I was like, God, yeah. I need some answers. The most profound thing, like he led me to, and, I, and I'm, I share this openly just because you just need to understand that God is willing. He's listening. He's so care. He's caring about us. No matter how dark that valley is or how hot that situation is, He's always there to care for us. So I was like, God, I need an answer. I know I can't understand everything, but I just need to understand. How do you go from here? And all these promises right. that nothing. And then He tells me, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I'm like, God, I know that. That's you know my thoughts for you are good. But then He says, open it in this version, and Message translation. Says, my, you know, I know what I am doing, you know, my plans for you are good. So I was like, okay. And in all of that, by the end of that day, I felt like, okay, God was telling me, I'm the master orchestrator. It doesn't matter what got you to where you are now. I can take the broken pieces of your life. Don't bother questioning how you got there, but I can yeah. take the broken pieces of your life and put them back together as though it never happened. And for me, so then I was like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And he was literally saying, trust me. And I'm like, look, I trusted you. And this is where it got me. But I'm like, you know what? Right. I'm going to trust you. And, you know, so right. no matter how bad things are, faith is still a, a central piece of all of this. So I said, God, you know, I'm going to trust you. And at that point, I was like, okay, now what do you want me to do? Because even after we moved, okay, why am I here? Because this is where you let me to. And that really just learning to walk with God. And I think... I don't know how people do it without having God on their side, but I literally needed God. Like 
you know, to tell me, okay, this is what's next. And when he was saying, right. showing this platform for you. And then it's making sense. But I was like, God, do I really have to go through all that to do this? But you know what? How could I? How could I help someone else if I can't, if I haven't been? Yes, we can do that. Like, a, a, you know, the previous me before dealing with depression, I could help patients who were depressed, but I can't help them the way I'm doing now. Right. So right. Um, I can't help people who've gone through, who are going through infertility the same way, you know, I wouldn't be able to help them um, if I hadn't that specific way, if I hadn't gone through what I did. Not to say, you know, that everything happens and all this negative things that happen in our lives are, you know, it's all for a reason. But look, trust God in all of this. And God gave me this platform. I always tell people, it's a disclaimer. Okay. How you got to me, that even that whole TED, TED, TEDx talk, how that even happened, that's God. So he's just, I'm just like, okay, what? What, what do you want me to do? And I think that's what's helped me, just holding on to God and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you blindly. And you just hold my hand. I'm holding your hand. Lead me every step of the way. And that's really what's helped me um, to give him this message, to teach, to help women, to help people arise, recover, and reign from whatever setback it is, whether it's grief, whether it's infertility, um, other types of losses and adversity in life. So it, it's really important um, because... It all starts with God and it ends with God. I mean, God is it. Um, he, he is my rock. He is my strength. And I, and I really pray that everyone can draw from that strength because it's not my strength. It's, look, it's not my story. So I'm, I'm thanking him. I'm saying, God, thank yeah. you for the story. Thank you for the strength because I couldn't have cooked this up. My, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't right. have cooked this myself, um, let alone coming out, coming through it, um, you know, and then still be able to speak about it and not be bitter to God. And not be bitter to God. Because I tell you, that day when it was all going down, I said, come on. I said, God, no, 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 no. I, so the chaplain came to me and said, oh, she was starting to talk to me. I said, ma'am, I'm a minister. Don't, don't. Just tell your God that that man in there, he can't die. You know, it was kind yeah. of like I was complaining to God. Almost yeah. to a point, bitterness and resentment. But I, I stopped. I knew better. Because, I mean, I can't take him to court. Can I? I can't do that, right? Yeah. So I said, okay, God, but I just need you to help me to understand. And so, you know, then taking time out in, in prayer and fasting, just listening to him and just feeling that peace and just knowing that he's always there, right? It says, don't you walk through the valley of the shadow of death? You know, he, he was there with you. Don't you walk through the fire? You, you go through it, but you won't burn. Like he, and all we have to do is just, you know, surrender and just allow him. God wants, he's readily open, like with arms open wide to help us through whatever situation. And all we have to do is just surrender and follow his leading, right? We want things to turn out good, but sometimes we don't always, you know, yield to his way. Um, even That's though we may true. not understand, it's just really submitting. And for me, it's been trusting God, literally every step of the way since then. Yeah. When I was, you know, one thing that constantly, when you talk about the journey of strength while going through so much, one thing I would always say to myself was, God, you know everything and I know nothing. Um, mm. You know more than what I know. And the that kind of helped me to surrender to the process and to know that, I'm just kind of, you, you almost feel like you're, you're here, but you don't even know what to expect that's going to come up next. And one thing when you talked about the bitterness component, that's a real experience. And thankfully in your case, it didn't, you know, linger and you had this covering of like, I knew better. 
not to live in that place of bitterness. And but sometimes people they really do sit in bitterness. They sit in anger. They, they're resentful. They're they they have all of these like fists at God about like the experiences that we go through. And even going through those moments, He still can help you through those process. You can still take the bitterness and the anger, the the questions of why, why, why. You still can take all of that to the Lord. And sometimes we want an answer right then as to why this experience is happening or why this loss is happening. But, you know, sometimes it's like, I can reflect back on just like these small nuggets, like these small moments that just come together at those uh, moments. There was one time, this was the last time my mom was in the hospital and she was in so much pain, like pain to where, you know, she was already, they were giving her pain medication and there were moments where she would just literally scream out and I'm sitting by the side of the bed. There's clearly nothing I could do. Like in my leadership, I'm like talking to nurses, talking to doctors and just like really trying to be firm. But through all of that, you just feeling like there's nothing that can be done. And I will never forget, I was sitting on the side of her bed and I was angry. I was livid. I was upset. I was like, you have hurt like it was just it was a lot it started to overwhelm me and then i would say probably like a couple hours later me and my mom we had a conversation and she started to reflect around the same anger that she was having like feeling as though lord you've forsaken me and all of this but in that same conversation she said i know there's life after this i'm gonna still praise you and to hear her say that as as being the person that's going through all of it, it calmed a lot of the anger and the feeling. It was almost as if it was like this, you're a child and someone gives you a blanket or someone giving you a hug to know that I hear you, I feel you. And yet even still in the midst of all of that, it not only calmed me, but it also gave her a peace. And you know, for some, we're like, well, she's not here anymore. Like, the story didn't end in the way that you anticipated it to end. But then at the same time, I'm like, it didn't. But when you look at the full picture of life, no one's going to be here forever. Absolutely not. No one's never, I mean, that's just not no one's story. We leave and end on very specific dates. We just don't know when and the journey to get to those it can be very challenging, even through your walk of going through infertility and what that looked like and the loss and the process before even getting to the actual birth. And then after experiencing the loss, but what made consistency for you is having the relationship with the Lord to walk you through every single valley, every single disappointment, every single heartbreak, every single tear, every single moment of bitterness and anger and all of that, because, you know, that's what it's, that's the beauty about having a relationship with the Lord, because, you know, you can go through all of that, right? And no one's exempt from pain and heartache, right? Saved or not. But being a believer, the benefits of it gives you not only the strength, but the freedom to still love again, the freedom to still have hope again, the freedom to still believe. And it just gives you a sense of, you know what, this is hard, but Lord, I can surrender to you. 
in the mm. process. I still can hold to your word. I know that it's it's terrible right now. It's it's not easy in this moment, but then there's just like these signs from heaven. That's the best way I can really describe it. That just like, daughter, I'm with you. Son, I'm with you. I got you through this. We're going to make it through this. You're going to be able to have a testimony to be able to help someone else, even maybe yeah. while you're still going through it, you know? Yeah still having that testimony to help someone else. What would you say to someone that's experiencing loss, even if it's like through infertility, through the grief of losing someone at unexpectedly, whatever it may be, what are some words that you can speak into their life that will give them hope to stay the course? I'll start with this. As you were speaking, John 6.33, Jesus was speaking to his disciples as, um, be sure in this world you will face tribulations, but guess what? I have overcome. And, and my, my husband, he was, a, he was a minister as well. He would always say, you know what? We've read the story. We read the book. At the end, we win. And what that looks like is what we all struggle with, right? We yeah. have our own idea of what winning is and but God, God is God is a master orchestrator. Um, for the reason that you're here, you and I are here. He knows exactly why He put us on here. He knows the end before the beginning. So, I'm I would encourage anyone that's going through any kind of loss, any kind of disappointment, any kind of adversity, and know that look, Jesus, God, Jesus came here, you know, for you. And God, He's a loving Father. He's a good Father. No matter what things are looking like for you right now, how you feel. That is, his love is unconditional and he will love you regardless of what the situation is. But just know that because you're hurting doesn't mean you've lost, okay? Because you're hurting doesn't mean you've lost. Just hold on to God, right? Um, Christ came to give us victory. Just holding on to God. If you, I think the worst, the, the true loss, right? And, you know, I talk about my TEDx talk. Um, the surprising gifts of loss because loss does. I mean, the loss gave me this opportunity to help people. And yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll ask God, you know, why did we have to go about it this way? Why didn't we have to go about it a different way? But the thing is, um, the, the actual, what I consider the greatest loss is having eternity, living in eternity, in eternity without God. Because regardless of what you go through, you're holding on to God. He's helping you through it. At the end, you win as long as you stick with him, right? And, and then your reward, whatever, you know, that God has spoken to you, all of that may, may look to you like it was for nothing. But there, we, we only see, we see in bits and pieces, right? We've seen parts, we prophesy in parts, but God sees the bigger picture. He knows exactly. You just think about how many billion of people are on this, on this earth right now, have been on this earth, and he knows our thoughts. Like, I mean, just that's incredible. So I just say, I will just say to you out there, trust God. Know that, like he told me, Jeremiah 29, 11, and I, and I like to quote it in New King James Version, says, my thoughts for you are good and not evil, and I will bring you to that expected end. So I want you to hold on to God. His thoughts for you are good and not evil. And, and he sent his son because he loves us so much. And so and nothing, nothing can separate us from that, right? It doesn't matter if it's infertility or loss or depression or anxiety. God loves us. And as long as we lean on him and just say, God, you know, I can't do it. And I think, you know, just like we all, I think one thing I, I realized, and I'll dive, um, diverge a little bit here, throughout this whole process is there is an innate, 
I've always, I've known this, but it just occurred to me that there is um, a desire to be needed. And having my husband away, I, I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, like no one needs me like to come home and cook for them. Like my kids, you know, they don't really, yeah. you know, there were certain things that I couldn't do, but God needs us to believe in him. God needs us to depend on him, right? My kids depend on me. And um, there, it's a, there's a reward that comes with that. And I think God wants us to be dependent on him literally for everything. So go to God. He loves you. Just say, God, I just need your help and direct me. And God loves it when we come to him. Like he's like, here, I, I'm ready. And he loves it. So you are victorious as long as you are with God. Doesn't matter what it looks like. You are victorious and trust God. Just lean on him. It may not be easy. It won't be easy, like Jesus said, right? Um, but yeah. just lean on God and you will overcome. You will overcome. You will yeah. overcome. And just as it is in your name, you will arise. You know, yes, you may not know when, you know, absolutely. you may not understand why and what it may look like, but through the journey, as you grow closer to the Lord, He will just continue to take care of every single need that you have and some. You know, he's yes. very good about taking care of his children. He's very Absolutely. consistent in doing that. And you are one of his children. So this yes. is an opportunity for him to take care of you. In doing so, I would also encourage people, you talked about this earlier, to be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. You know, we're not going to be, no, you're not going to be the same. You may be used to operating at an optimal level. But in this season, there may be moments and times where you have to pull back and that's okay. There may be times where you may not want to show up as the strong person all the time and that's okay, you know, but even in those seasons of rest and those seasons of where you're giving yourself grace, he's still there with you. Nothing will be lost, you know, during those moments, you know, nothing will be out of place during those moments. Those are times for you to be refilled and recharged and to be cared for, to be nourished, to be to be refilled in, in a way that just soothes your soul like never before. And while we all have experiences of loss in a different capacity, I think back to one of the conversations that I had with my mom towards the end. I asked her, how did she go through grief when she lost her mom? And what was so interesting about that was that my mom became saved right when her mom passed away. So she went through this life of watching her mom being this giant in faith. And then when she finally surrendered, the one that kind of gave her the steps of what to do was no longer there. So now she mm -hmm. had to learn not only how to navigate this walk with Christ, but doing it without the mentorship in a sense. And right. I asked her, you know, how was it for her going through grief? And she was very honest. She's like, I thought I was going to lose my mind. There was no one that I could turn to that understood. She's like, I went here and there and no one really understood the pain that I was experiencing. But she said, I held on to my relationship with the Lord. I held on to that. And that's what got me through. And at the end of our conversation, that's what I want to encourage so many listeners that so many people have walked through loss and grief so many people have experienced it at very different levels but the one yes. thing that you can hold on to in addition to going to therapy in addition to possibly using medication is your relationship with the lord don't let go of it 
even if it's just a string that you're holding on to, even if you're kicking and screaming, your heart's heavy, you're mad, you're upset at the Lord, still go to him, still give him all of that. And, you know, I, I want to say this, this experience has drawn me closer to God. I will tell you, hands down, I, I learned how to getting my prayer closet, not really want anything. There were days I got in there and I was like, God, I just need a hug right now. Like, I don't need anything. Yeah. Like, no one else can give me what I need right now. I don't even know what I need. I just need a hug. Yeah. Until you get to those moments where you're, you go there to that, you get to that point genuinely with God. And you literally, like I say, just surrender like a child. Just come to him and say, I just need you. I, I felt the most, I felt the most um, peace. I felt the most comfort. It was literally, I mean, there were times I'm like, okay, these days I try to do, I'm like, God, I need, I need a hug. I'll go in there. It's not the same. Like, I need yes. a hug. But there were times in those, that second year where I was like, God, I can't do, I can't do today. I can't even deal with this kid. I just need a hug from you right now. And I, I was so, at the end, by the time I woke up, I was comforted. I, I was soothed. Yeah. I was, I felt the hug. I, I just, it was amazing. So your relationship with God is most paramount. You know, not everything else can be taken away from you, but when you've got God, you've got everything. Really. Absolutely. You truly do. How can people connect with you? So people can connect with me um, definitely by going to my website, www.shunarise.com. You can also follow me on um, social media, um, on Instagram. Uh, handle is at shunarise. Um, you can um, send me an email at info at shunarise.com. And if you, I, if you don't mind, I was going to tell you about this Absolutely. devotion that was laid on my heart. And even this, when I tell you that I've literally depended on God every single step of the way on this platform that he has given me, um, I was led to write this devotional journal, Arise, Recover, and Reign. It's a 31-day devotional journal. Um, just taking you through all of that. And this was the message God gave me. Teach women how to arise, recover, and reign. And the Holy Spirit gave me just things on each, on each one there to talk about, to just walk you through. And they're all from my experiences, how I journeyed through, how I not only arose, how I truly recovered, right? right. Not the, the official, but truly recovery and healing, um, which is really the work of God. Um, and then reigning, thriving, just living the life that he has called you to be. Because look, he said, um, he called us to be daughters of the king. Like we're, we're, we are daughters of the king. We are called on right. here for a purpose. And nothing should limit that. Nothing can limit that as long as we surrender to him. So um, I would love to, love, love to, you know, chat with you. So please just um, follow me on, on, on Instagram and send me a message. I'd love to connect with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your experience and giving us words of wisdom and hope to continue to rise, rise, Recover right. and rain. Right. Yes, arise, <laughs> recover, and rain. And if yes. you don't mind, can you close us out in prayer? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for just this wonderful opportunity just to to fellowship together for everyone that's listening even on this to this podcast we just thank you for every single life lord and we thank you for loving us and we thank you because you are a very present help in the time of trouble we thank you for 
uh, just loving us so much that you are ready to help us every step of the way. And Lord, I just pray that everyone here that's dealing with one challenge or another, those that are dealing with loss, whether it's loss of, an, of a loved one, loss of, of hope, loss of of their mental health, a loss of, 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 you know, infertility, whatever it is that people are dealing with. Lord, I just pray that you just, um, just comfort them right now and pray that you heal them, you, that you walk them through the situations, these difficult times. Hold their hands, Lord, and help them to know that they are not alone. I pray, mighty God, that you will help each and every one, oh God, to surrender and to be dependent on you and allow you to lead them into that wealthy place, into that place that you have called them to be. And I thank you, Lord, because at the very end, Lord, our lives will please you and we will spend eternity with you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.